This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey gang, welcome back to another superfan episode of Gangplank Report. Today we have a fun, beautiful, amazing guest. She's the hostess of the What Else is Going On podcast, otherwise known as WeGo, and her name is Taria. Welcome to the show, Taria. Hi. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be recording with y'all. It feels weird because y'all are in my ear every week, and now I'm talking to (laughs) y'all. I love that. I love that part. You found us through our friend, Stephanie. She had me at first sight. I swear. I love her so much. (laughs) She is amazing. And I tell her that she gets on my nerves because I thought I was a person that would see both sides in a situation, right? Mm -hmm. Some situations, there is no both sides. There's one, but I thought I could get nuance. And Stephanie is the queen of nuance. And she makes me look at things. She stretches me. And I appreciate that because if your friends don't stretch you, it's like, you know, there's no growth. So she's amazing. Yeah, she really is. And she does the same for me. She catches all of the gray, Mm -hmm. something that I might not have even noticed. And she gives me these things where she doesn't know she's giving me things to research. But it was funny. She was talking about intersectionality the other day online. And I came back and she and I started talking through DM and she was like, look at you doing your homework. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I want to learn. I want to learn. So she's always broadening my mind, but I'm glad she brought you to us because I have had such a blast this past couple of weeks talking to you. Yes. Same. And Adrian's been out of town. So Adrian you get to meet Taria now, which I'm very happy about. Super stoked. I was starting to feel like Adrian was just a beautiful fairy and not really real because I'm like, <laughs> where is she? <laughs> That's what most of my husband's friends think about me, actually, because I'm never here. <laughs> They're like, oh, she does exist. I went to a Christmas party in December with some of his like Chamber of Commerce friends and they were like, oh my God, you're real. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I exist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just float in and float out. I was just going to say, sprinkle a little beautiful fairy dust. And then you're like, bye, I'll be back. Yeah. (laughs) She was legitimately, we started doing this in June and she only missed like one through the hole because it was more, it fell into your off season, didn't it, Adrian? Or we made it work somehow. Yeah. I was also stateside for most of the summer. Right. So it's a lot easier for me to do it 
one when I can watch it because sometimes the boats that I'm on don't actually have satellite TV, which is shocking oh. for a multi-million dollar vessel, but there it is. And I've messaged Jen a multitude of times being like, this multi-million dollar yacht doesn't have cable. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. So right. I usually put up a post on Facebook to see if I have any friends in the marina that have it. And I go watch it on their boats if I can. That is awesome. The shows have also fallen on nights when I'm serving guests and I can't watch. Okay. So when I'm actually on charter and I can't get in front of a television because I'm, you know, doing that working thing. So yeah, up until recently, it hasn't been much of an issue. And I think you're right. I've only missed one, but this is my heavy season. Like from Thanksgiving till basically Valentine's day is just hectic. And so I was in transit last week when they were recording because I was coming back from the Bahamas. We were supposed to be back sooner and we had some crappy weather and I ended up getting stuck there and couldn't record. So it is what it is. It's the perils of the job. Yeah, I was going to say your podcast has the perfect marriage of Jen being a super fan, right? And and you know how we super fans are. We watch these shows like detectives and we pick mm-hmm. up on things. But then you have Adrian, who was not only on the show, but she actually really does yachting now. Mm-hmm. So it's like we get all perspectives, you right. know? That's how this all kind of originated is because she and I would have these conversations on a Tuesday after the show. And I would be just picking her brain like crazy, trying to find out these things that I couldn't figure out with, I call it Zapruder-ing from the Zapruder films from the Kennedy assassination, <laughs> how they went over that film footage so many times. That's yes. what I do with Below Deck. It's ridiculous. You call it ridiculous. I call it impressive. <laughs> Well, mildly psychotic too, (laughs) but I would ask her these questions and she was just like, you know, this would make a good podcast to have both sides of it. And it's Mm -hmm. been fun. We've had a good time with it. I definitely enjoy it. Like I said, the show doesn't do a real great job of answering a lot of basic questions about why we do what we do and how we do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where a lot of other podcasts run into problems where they start speculating or just guessing about things. And it doesn't really answer the question. It's just kind of like, okay, well, this is what we think probably maybe happened mm-hmm. or why they did it that way. Right. But, you know, there's a handful of things like engineering is not something that's my specialty. I know enough to be dangerous probably and where to unplug things if I need to. But, <laughs> you know, for what it's worth, if it's, real genuine questions about things like that, that are not in my sphere of knowledge, then I can make a phone call, you know, I'll do a Regis and I'll just call a friend. But for the most part, a lot of this stuff is done a certain way because of either protocol or safety or whatever. Speaking of which, it's puzzled me all season this year why Raina hasn't been asked to put her hair up because I would think the very last thing that she would want to have happen is for one of her long braids to get stuck in something and rip part of her scalp out because that's entirely possible with some of the machinery that they have on deck. It just seems like a bad idea to leave your hair down. I wondered that because you see, I have braids too. And I can imagine that it, number one, it gets in the way just in everyday life sometimes when they're really long and you guys have long, you know, so, you know, but I thought the same thing because with them being so long, all it takes is for the end to catch. And like you said, it's coming straight out of your scalp. So I was kind of shocked 
Do you think, and this may be going too far, but sometimes I wonder with them adding diversity to cast, are they so overboard on little things? Like we don't want to mention her hair. We don't want to say anything to get upset, but then it's like you let other things slide or is it just, they haven't even thought about it? Well, Lee has thought about it in previous seasons where he's given the deckhands a hard time about having yeah, hair You know down. what? That's true. And didn't Sandy say something to Jack about his hair at one point? Yeah, absolutely. It's a okay. safety issue. Okay. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's a safety issue. Right. See, and that's what I mean. It's like, that is important. Like you said, that's a safety issue, but they'll go so overboard to not be one way, but then it's like, but you ignore the bigger issue. Exactly. They're microaggression wise and racism foolish. (laughs) (laughs) It's like simple, put your hair up. Boom. That's it. I agree with you. Let's take it back a little bit before we get too deep in the season. I know that you're a Bravo fan, but for our listeners who aren't familiar with your podcast yet, because we know they're going to listen as soon as they're done with this, how did you get into the whole below deck universe? So, you know, when you're home, I used to work, of course, corporate. So I would watch the housewives and like have it on my DVR, what have you. And then I lost my job in 2011. So I was like binging everything that I had never watched before. And then I saw this show called Below Deck. Now here's an interesting thing. Y'all like clutch your pearls. I used to listen to a former pumper named Stassi. And Uh, I used to listen to her podcast and (laughs) he would talk about the irony. I know. Adrian doesn't understand the irony, but I get it. Go ahead. The way... Uh, my butthole clenches thinking about it now. Um, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but, and I can explain that later, but I would listen to her and she would always be like, oh, I watch everything on Bravo too, but one place I'm not going is below deck. And it actually made me interested. Like I saw it. I was like, oh, that seems fun, but never watched it. But her being so snotty about it, mm-hmm. something about it pissed me off so then it made me go check it out (laughs) the rebellious teen in you said yes because I'm like how dare you you're talking about them they're doing a real job and we're watching y'all but anyway yeah so I checked it out and I was like wait I like this this is kind of oh it's not about the guest it's actually almost Vanderpump adjacent when you think about it 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 wasn't about the customers it's about the employees he worked there Mm-hmm. So I started watching. And so people may say, well, how could you watch Dossie? Da, da, da. Not to get into a long thing, but I watch TV the same way I handled people that I worked with that may not necessarily, they may have their own biases, if you know what I mean. So going right. in to a lot of Bravo shows, if casts were not diverse, in my mind, I was able to make the switch to say, these people are entertainment. Oh, because you work with a Stasi or, oh, you work with a whomever. So I knew who they were and never wanted to ever meet them in real life, but (laughs) I could enjoy them the same way they enjoyed the black franchises, Atlanta, Potomac, Mm -hmm. and they may have had their biases, but they enjoyed the entertainment. Mm -hmm. So that's how I was able, but there came a point with the whole, you know, Oscars. So white and all this that I had to say, no, I can't enjoy her anymore, but she brought me to below deck. (laughs) Well, good. Then karma worked in the right way in that circumstance. And (laughs) she brought you to us. So that's one reason for me not to hate Stassi in a (laughs) sea of reasons for me to not stand her. (laughs) Right, right. 
I have a friend, she has a podcast and she named her dog Stasi. This was way before any of that. And she said, because she's a little bitch. And when I got her, <laughs> she said she was telling her not to pee on the floor. Mm-hmm. And she said, the dog went, stood in the middle of the floor, locked eyes with her and peed right on the floor. Then that's the perfect name. <laughs> that is the perfect name for it. <laughs> yes. Oh, so I'm really hoping there's nobody out there that has ever named a dog after me. <laughs> <laughs> Please God. That's so <laughs> I haven't asked for a lot. But <laughs> well, I will say my oldest daughter almost had your name because growing up, I had a best friend and we're still like friends to this day. Her name was Adrian. And there was something about that name that I loved. And I told her when I have a daughter, I'm going to name her after you. And I ended up naming her after my cousin, which is Ariel long before the little mermaid people because mm-hmm. people say you got that from but it was either going to be Adrian or Ariel so oh that's cute so of all of the franchises that are out now we can't talk about obviously the ones we haven't gotten to see yet mm-hmm. but of the three biggies right now which are you most drawn to what do you like the best <sighs> this is probably not going to be nice but so <laughs> I, I actually loved Hannah but not her captain so mm-hmm. I wish they could do a switcheroo. So I leaned more towards below deck regular. I'm not at least stand the way, like the stud of the sea, but mm-hmm. he's more palatable to me than Sandy. Right. So I'm, I'm more so drawn to the regular below deck. Right. Have you gotten into sailing at all? I got into the first season, started last season, fell off, but I will be watching this season. Yeah, the first season of Sailing was not an advertisement for the franchise. I hated it. I would not have come back to two if Adrian hadn't told me that I had to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that made up for it for me, two did. And I am very excited about three. It looks really good. The trailer is ridiculous. Seems like it keeps getting better and better. That was how we started practicing this podcast, honestly, was halfway through sailing season. I was like, you know what? Let's just play this out with the two of us and we'll record oh. like we're recording a podcast. We didn't publish anything about it, but that season was so good, wow. so okay. good that every single Tuesday morning when we would do our decompression sessions, I was like, why are we not recording this? It's so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Can I say, I love y'all for having, like, it wasn't even a podcast. Y'all just needed to talk about it. Cause people don't get that. Like, no, I need to talk about what I'm seeing <laughs> with yeah. someone. That's exactly it. And nobody in my life, I mean, Kelsey just started watching in the last year, but nobody in my life would watch Bravo shows with me, except for my friend who passed last summer, she would watch. And so she and I would talk on the phone and she begged me for years to get on Twitter. I'm like, I am not getting on freaking Twitter. I'm not doing it. And then I get on it and I'm the most obnoxious. I've got like, I don't know, like 60,000 tweets. It's stupid. It is so dumb how addicted I am to Twitter. But it is, it's nice to be able to break down these shows. I've been watching reality for my whole adult life. Mm -hmm. that's just the genre that I'm drawn to and so to have people to bounce these ideas off with and to hear something that they saw that I don't see because based on my experience I can only see it a certain way right and to hear other people analyze it and pick up on things it's just fun to me same and it's funny I got my husband to like he'll watch with me and he would do my patreon sometimes with me and Mm -hmm. so when I told him 
that I was recording with you guys this morning watching. He goes, oh, wow, for yours or theirs? I'm like, for theirs, but they're coming on. And he's like, wow, because he watches too. (laughs) I can't get John to watch. He calls it my crap TV. (laughs) (laughs) You will not watch my crap TV with me. I mean, to be fair, he's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you, Adrian? It is a study and sociology and psychology. That's exactly what I said that I've said that for years that I do it. It's a sociological and psychological study. That's what I'm doing. It's like, no, it's like, whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> exactly. Adrian's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a crack of crap. I watch it because I love snark. I love yes. drama and Bravo brings all of that. I have to say it has jump the shark a little bit for me yeah I don't know if I'm older now and so different things are more important to me Mm -hmm. but I wanted to ask you okay anybody who's a Bravo viewer knows that they've had historically a problem dealing with race whether it be from the segregation of the housewives Mm -hmm. you would have a token white Mm -hmm. person like Kim Zolciak or you'd have a token black person like Garcelle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really intermix. Even their other shows like Mexican Dynasties yeah. or Family Karma, everything was always separate. And they tried to give it lip service after BLM was 24 mm-hmm. 7 during the George Floyd trial. And they came out with a statement you know, saying they stand in solidarity, blah, 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 blah. It was all just words. I mean, they fired mm-hmm. a couple people, yep. but <laughs> then they did nothing. And we keep having this problem recurring over and over. And I was wondering what you think, if it's better that they at least introduce diversity into their shows and work through the kinks of them getting it wrong over and over, or if it's better for them to wait till they've got their crap figured out so they don't re-traumatize people who've already experienced trauma. So it's funny you asked that because I was having this discussion with someone and I said, I would not care if they went back to, they have their all white franchises and they have, you know, the Potomac, the Atlanta, if they add another one. And someone said, I can't believe you would feel that way. It's necessary for us to learn. And I said, we watched Garcelle sit at a table mm-hmm. and cry and break down after these ladies continue to come at her. Mm-hmm. We watched Sutton shut down Crystal's voice, but then somehow make it about her. And then all of a sudden, when Crystal didn't warm to her, it was she's cold. Mm -hmm. No one looked at the reason why. Those are not safe environments for women of color or Black women to be in if they can't fully express how they're feeling. Because then look at what happened with Garcelle. Y'all just went from yelling at her, you know, talking about different things. Now she's crying and it's, I'm hugging you and I'm petting you up. And it read as false. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens with your friends, right? Somebody may have had too much to drink or you may have get into an argument. You know, that's friend. Right. But we know that these ladies aren't really hanging out with Garcelle, maybe Sutton off camera. So it just read as false to me. So I said in order to keep safe environments that I wouldn't care if they were segregated. I look at Garcelle who is in Hollywood and already has to deal with that in her real life. Right. So then to come here, that's supposed to be her real life. 
and have to deal with it from her castmates or you can feel just like as women we can feel when there's like a layer of misogyny in the room or something you can feel as a person of color or as a minority or as a black person when something doesn't feel right real quick about salt lake city i have never met jenny never been in their presence Mm -hmm. i from episode one I have had conversations. I didn't have them offline because some things you can't explain. I said, something is not right with her. I don't like her interaction with Mary. Something is not right. And then look what happened. So it's almost like when you know, you know. So I feel like they either need to keep them the way they are, or if it's organic, if it's Mm -hmm. organic, then yes, bring the friend on. But I've heard Bethany say she's recommended a lot of black women to Andy. And so Mm -hmm. did Heather Thompson. Mm-hmm. they never said I recommended my friends they said I recommended black women right that, so it, ooh, that's a that's a key point there too because Bethany I did give her credit in the past for saying this is stupid to have an all-white cast in mm-hmm. New York City and I agreed and I had been saying the same thing I just didn't have as loud of a voice as she did mm-hmm. and I did think it was stupid but the more I'm seeing how Bravo deals with it in that, I mean, not dealing with it. I don't think it's beneficial. We watched it last season mm-hmm. on Blow Deck with Lexi. We're watching it this season with Raina. And you're seeing like real trauma experience in the moment. And that's not entertainment. It shouldn't be. Exactly. And you know, it's funny though, when people say this is too dark. And I always go back to, let's talk about Beverly Hills and Taylor Armstrong. Let's talk about all of like that yeah. was darkness, right? But no one was saying it's too dark. I think about Sonia still talking about a marriage that was what seven years, years long, and how, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. how many years? Like so. And I'm not saying they should have to be off our TVs, but I'm saying let's not make it's dark when it's about things that make people uncomfortable, right? Well, and I think especially as it pertains to Below Deck, we've discussed this before that there's not a terrible amount of diversity in the yachting industry Mm -hmm. as far as skin color is concerned. There's a lot of people from a lot of different nationalities. There's a lot of South Africans. There's a lot of Aussies. There's a lot of people from the U.S., but there's not a lot of skin color diversity in the yachting industry. And I feel like they're, I'm not saying pulling at straws to get diversity Mm -hmm. onto the shows, but it genuinely feels that way sometimes in order for them to say that they have a diverse cast on the show. Can I ask you a question from your professional standpoint, um, working in the industry? It seems like to me in the past, and Jen, you may have noticed this in the past too, I felt like the deckhands that were coming on and the stews that were coming on may not have been in the the industry for years, but they at least had some level of experience. Competency. Yes. And I feel like now they're introducing people of color and Black people that, yeah, you may have had experience on a fishing boat, but this is not a fishing boat. And then it makes them look incompetent because they're learning as they're being filmed. And I'm like, well, wait, Below Deck didn't seem like this in the beginning. Like it seemed like everyone at least started somewhere on a boat. 
like this. Well, with the exception of Sam on my season and actually Eddie and Dave had no experience oh, either. Oh, okay. okay. You know, on my season, they threw a lot of people onto my season that really didn't, well, three out of the eight of us that okay. didn't have much of any experience at all. Like Eddie had worked at a Marina before. Okay. Dave was a Marine. So at least he understood chain of command, but he had never worked on a yacht before. And okay. Sam's only experience on a boat was that her parents owned one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it is part of the formula for Below Deck that they bring on people without a lot of experience and we get to voyeuristically watch them learn as they go or not, mm -hmm. depending on the case. <laughs> but it seems like you're right. Here's the thing. Having people of color on boats is a more recent development. So just about anybody that they're going to pull to make a diverse cast mm. is not going to have a lot of experience. That's just indicative of where we are in the industry right now, sadly. Okay. I actually am working on a boat. Well, this next charter that I'm doing, I just did one on this boat and I'm going back to it. There's a girl who is fairly new to yachting, who's an absolute rock star. And I guarantee you, if they threw her on that show, which I'm certain she's too smart to do, by the way, <laughs> but that she would kill it and you wouldn't see a Raina Lexi situation. It just wouldn't okay. happen. Okay. Because she's solid. Okay. But that also doesn't make good TV all the time. Right. That, you have yeah. to remember that they're doing psych evals on all these people prior to the show starting. And so they know that some people are going to be temperamental or combative or mm -hmm. rub their bosses the wrong way. It's just part of the formula of the show. And when I talk to people about the reality versus the reality show, that's one of the things that I explain to them is that in a normal yachting situation, you hire people that will synergize, that will work well together. Mm. And that's something that okay. the captain, when he's hiring, is always cognizant of. Okay. But for the purposes of the show, that would not be entertaining to watch. If everybody got along and did their jobs all the time, we wouldn't have a show. We wouldn't even have a podcast. We wouldn't have anything okay. to talk about. Right. Because it wouldn't be entertaining. So all of those elements have to exist on some level. But I think you're absolutely right in that it seems like the people that they're pulling for this are further perpetuating a stereotype that doesn't seem like it needs to be that way. And yes. does it make sense to wait a couple of years till there's more people of color that are in the industry that have a handful of years of experience behind them to display that level of competency that you're talking about? I feel like it does because it would ring more authentic. Like I think if we went to Spain, right? And we decided, all four of us decided to move to Spain. I wouldn't walk in and say, why are there no black people working here? If there's no black people living there, right? I wouldn't be out saying there needs to be more black. So when I say that about below deck, as long as they're not actively turning away qualified black people but here you are you're in the industry and you know that there isn't a huge amount of diversity it makes sense to me why we wouldn't see us represented because there's not a lot of us in the industry and that's where bravo it irritates me because it's trying to throw a quick fix but be could be causing long-term like damage to some of these people or and furthering stereotypes yeah i think about Simone, she mm -hmm. told Kate how she has been treated in this industry. Look at Raina, talked about it with Wes earlier. I think even V, like kind of briefly. So it's like these people are telling you, like, this is how I've been treated in this industry. And I don't think it's registering with people mm -hmm. at all. I had someone telling me with Raina and Heather, well, she should have just not accepted 
the apology. She should have just basically like went off on her. So I said, as a woman, imagine, let's take color out of it. Mm-hmm. If Heather was a man and had spoken misogynistically to Raina and treated her nasty. And Raina said, just to not be the focal point of the attention or beca- because it is, it can be embarrassing. We almost feel shameful when it happens to us, even though it's not our fault. So say a man did this to Raina and she just kind of said, it's okay. It's fine. Went away and talked to her girlfriends about it. Every one of her girlfriends would be like, girl, you better go out there and set him straight. He doesn't talk to women like that. I mm-hmm. said, but because it's about race and makes people uncomfortable, you right. want her to be okay with it. And the girl messaged me back and said, you're absolutely right. I didn't think about that. So I tell people, put it in different terms. You scream about misogyny. We mm-hmm. should. Yeah. We scream about homophobia. We should. Mm-hmm. Why not about this? Even if it makes you uncomfortable. Again, real quick to the housewives. When Mary made the comment about Mexicans on Salt Lake City, that made me uncomfortable and I'm a minority. Mm-hmm. So it's life, but we can't just sweep it under the rug either. But back to my long-winded answer, I do feel (laughs) like I'm okay with them being separate, but -hmm. if there's authentic connection, then don't discount us because you're afraid your audience won't accept us. Right. I feel like if Bravo treated it differently, if they didn't do the things like they did this season and basically tell people okay you can't talk about this right and then make no public statement about it whatsoever right then it wouldn't bother me so much because I would feel like that they are doing something other than reaping the benefits of ratings from utter pain and chaos and I have a hard time supporting that and I know that you have moments where you're like okay, how can I be a part of this movement and still watch this stuff? Yes. And I have had that so much in the past couple of years. I have whittled down my housewives consumption mm-hmm. because it's gotten to a tipping point to me where it's like my moral compass just says, okay, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this one. I can watch Potomac but I cannot watch Beverly Hills right now. Yep. And mm-hmm. I came back when Garcelle came on, but so did I. <laughs> yeah. But then I came back to New York as well and bailed because that was such a nightmare. And mm-hmm. I feel like having this Lexi Reina comparison back to back, you'd almost think, okay. And this is from my lack of melanin viewpoint. Okay. <laughs> you would almost think that Lexi would have been vilified because she had an attitude she took no guff whatever and that Raina because she stuck with it kept doing the job just accepted the apology and yes she griped on the side but she didn't let it affect her work she didn't walk off she didn't stop doing things Mm -hmm. that she would get the heroin role right And both of them turn out to be the villains per social media. And I'm freaking lost. I don't understand. I've been getting ripped left and right for backing Raina because she complains so much. Everybody on that show complains. Yes. Constantly, constantly. But she is still out there doing the do. She's walking up how many flights of stairs and moving a freaking chair for Heather 
who can't move a chair 10 feet and mm -hmm. did it and went back down and went back to her job. She's been sous chefing for Rachel this whole time. She's doing all of these things and none of it is enough. And I just keep hearing, well, she complained, she complained. So does Fraser, you know, what, so yes. does Heather, <laughs> yes. you know, they all do it. Why is Raina a lightning rod for your anger about complaining? I don't know. I think it's the uncomfortability of what she's complaining about because it, it forces sense. you to look at, well, is that me? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if, like it forces, if she's talking about how she's been treated in the yachting industry and now we've had Heather say this word and it's really bothering her mm -hmm. it almost forces you to look at yourself like am I a part of this larger problem and people don't want to do that because in people's minds mm -hmm. they want to think that we're all equal that well you can vote well mm -hmm. you're on tv so what are you complaining about <laughs> you're all equal and it's like no we're not right but they don't yeah. want to go that deep it, it needs to be surfaced but when you say you grapple with as far as supporting and watching Mm -hmm. The good thing is to me, conversations like this and mm -hmm. other ones that I've had come out of it. So if I'm like, okay, if I'm going to watch, I have a responsibility to speak up when I see something and be able to move on from it. And if it's something that is so triggering, which I really haven't ran across too much, it more so triggers anger than mm -hmm. anything else. Then yeah. I take a step back for a moment, compose my thoughts. Sometimes after I've already tweeted in the moment, then I take a step back, <laughs> close my thoughts and have a conversation on it. And I feel like as long as we continue to have conversations and knowing who to have them with, because I'm not going to have a, a get with somebody arguing the right. perspective of Raina versus somebody saying, well, let me hear your perspective. And if we don't agree at the end of the day, you don't have to agree, but respect my experience and where I'm right. coming from. So yeah. I feel like that could be me, look, just justifying us, Jen. But at the same time, <laughs> watch. Go it, ahead. It <laughs> I need us, it. <laughs> right? It gives us the ability to have these conversations. You may not have it on the podcast. You may have it with a family member right. that never knew X, Y, and Z was happening in the world. It opens up all kinds of conversations. I agree. And that's honestly, when all of this came up and- Adrian and I talked about it with you a little before we started recording. Mm -hmm. When all of this came up, we were a little hesitant when you say, Adrian. Absolutely. Because what do two white girls from Ohio have to speak on the subject? What experience? And yes, my family is diverse, but I haven't lived a black experience. Mm -hmm. I can walk in anywhere that I want and nobody knows that my family is part Native American. Nobody mm -hmm. knows that my nephew is from Papua New Guinea and my great nieces are biracial. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't affect me in the same way. But in that way, when I see my little great nieces faces, mm. I want a different world for them. Yeah. And wow. so I felt compelled to talk about it but at the same time, dial back the passion and just like offer up an opinion and not a condemnation because A, people don't take condemnation well in the first place. Mm -hmm. But B, I don't know that I'm saying the right thing. I just know how it feels from my point. And that's all I can share is my thoughts. And so Adrian and I decided we'll open it up and we'll see where it goes. And we've gotten a lot of crap for it. I don't care. We're not doing this for money. 
Right, right. This isn't how you make a living but talking about reality. <laughs> At TV. least not right now. Don't right. <laughs> yes, we're putting out in the unit. Yes, okay. we're putting All out right. in the universe. You keep the dream alive, girl, because it <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much faith in that. But what we wanted to do with this podcast, first and foremost, was be authentic. And I can't stand fakery, make reprius kind of, if you're telling me something's real, I need to feel that it's real. Like you were saying you felt like it was fake because you know that these women aren't off screen together afterwards. Yeah, That's the kind of stuff. I don't want people saying, oh, Adrian and Jen don't feel that way. They're just saying that because it's politically correct or the popular thing to say. I'm so not politically correct. I'm really not. (laughs) And I just say, what's on my mind. And we've been able to do that with this platform. And I'm glad we've gotten good response from the people whose opinions on it matter to me, if that makes sense. It does. And that's why I reached out to y'all because listening to your podcast made me feel like, oh, I could talk to them about this stuff. Mm -hmm. It didn't make me feel like there are some podcasters that I'm sure you've listened to that like Adrian said, if they don't have the backstory, they can only speculate or say, I think this is happening. But some of them have taken their thought and made it fact. And mm-hmm. they don't want to hear any different mm-hmm. on the subject, right. um, whether it's stemming from a bias or whether it's stemming from them thinking they know it all. But you and Adrian, when I listen to y'all, I can hear how much you care about the subject. And I appreciate y'all being honest and saying, I'm a bit hesitant to speak on this, but I feel like I have to. I've heard y'all say that before. And to me, that means a lot because there's a lot of people who will come in my DMs and say, girl, I stand with you, girl, I this. But on their big accounts, we don't see Mm -hmm. anything because they don't want to lose followers because they don't want to ruffle feathers. So I appreciate y'all being transparent and then walking in how you truly feel because that made me feel comfortable to talk to you about because contrary to what people think I promise you black people aren't trying to catch you aha we caught you being racist not at all (laughs) that's not what we're trying to do we want the opposite so there Mm -hmm. are a lot of things that I sometimes don't say because again just like a mother's intuition or a wife's intuition or a woman's intuition we know things and we can't explain it Mm -hmm. that's how I feel sometimes so I'll just say let me be quiet because I'm not gonna really get anywhere but with y'all I felt like they will be open so I appreciate that and y'all are still funny about you know what I'm saying it's like we can talk about that and still be funny and for me the way I handle things that are heavy is I laugh so y'all if y'all hear me laughing while talking about this it's because we can't we'd be in a state of rage all the time exactly lived in that I can't do rage laughter has always been my outlet I laugh at some of the darkest me too (laughs) topics it's not even funny but people will look at me like I've got six heads or something right I can find humor in just about anything and it's kind of sick to be honest (laughs) but that's how I get through and I want to entertain people while at the same time being honest with people. Mm-hmm. And while I don't know that my goal is to promote uncomfortability or discomfort, <laughs> I do want people to think. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live in an age now 
that I could not have fathomed when I was in high school, the people that you can connect with and the mm -hmm. things that you can learn and all this stuff that's right at the tips of your fingers, but people are fearful yep. because they don't know how it's all going to play out. And I think if we drop the fearful part and kept the curiosity, we could get farther faster. That is good. And I also want people listening to know that I know sometimes we have a tendency to take on guilt. So me as a black person, I am not blaming white people that I see right now. <laughs> good. Cause I don't have 40 acres. I got 10. <laughs> I ain't got 40. <laughs> you can... I'll take three and a half. Jen, and we'll call <laughs> <Okay>. it even. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah, Some people are going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> no, but see, I, I think it's because that's a joke that mm -hmm. I, I have to tell you offline, but I made a, a joke about the whole Salt Lake City situation. And I knew like mm -hmm. only certain people would find this humorous, you know, right. but guys, we have to laugh if we can't. And sometimes that laughter and that joke breaks the ice. There could be somebody listening that'll be like, wait, that's funny. But what is 40 acres in a mule? Boom, uh -huh. that opens up a whole nother mm -hmm. conversation. So, besides a Spike Lee production company. <laughs> yes. Do you know? So I, I'm a Jersey girl. And just quick uh -huh. side note, years ago, I'm talking maybe 20 years ago, there was a man and it was a scam and he was charging black people $80 to fill out this tax form. And they were supposed to get 40 acres and a mule in the form of what do they call it? What is it? Retro oh my God. Reparations. What is Reparations. Yes. Mm -hmm. And people were paying him to fill out this form. Unreal. So it's funny that you say that, but I don't want y'all to think that we are blaming y'all, meaning y'all as in listeners. Mm -hmm. We complain about men, but I don't hold my husband responsible for all men. You know what I mean? Right. It's just men mm -hmm. in general. So I yeah. want y'all to remember that. And I think if you take some of that out of it and the fear, like Jen said, you would be surprised at the conversations that you could have or be honest and say, I'm uncomfortable because I don't know. And for me, it's like, oh, we don't have to have the conversation then, you know, because right. to me, it's all about being honest. People feel a certain way about Bronwyn. I get it. But I will say watching Race in America, mm -hmm. when she sat there and took what they said to her and then said, I'm uncomfortable in this moment, but I also know that I have to make a change. I appreciated that because mm -hmm. she wasn't acting like McSweeney who just, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I just know all of this. No, you right. really don't. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. appreciated that. Yep. I got you. So do we think I'm going to switch it up just a little bit because, because we weren't talking about below deck. I was just thinking <laughs> that I'm like, and Taria, how are you going to take this back to below okay. deck? Okay. Adrian will always get us there. Go baby. Drive that yacht. <laughs> so do we think, because we have another season that we saw a promo of last night mm. or yesterday, it came out, I guess, yesterday for sailing season. And there is a person of color on that show. I mean, the lack of acknowledgement from Bravo specifically, but the silence from the entire rest of the cast while mm. the rest of this was going on, because to my knowledge, they didn't put a muzzle on anybody during Lexi's season. That was a completely mm. different situation, right? Mm. That was her... The judgment of her was based on her behavior. Yes. This is a vastly different situation. I feel like Bravo has a lot of opportunities and also the responsibility to make this, if it's going to be a part of what they're doing with this show, to make this as constructive as possible, as opposed to doing absolutely nothing. 
And Mm -hmm. I would like to hope that maybe they just got this one wrong. And apparently several other seasons of other shows that I do not watch. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) Wrong. Where does the shift happen? Is it just going to be us after three more seasons of this and then bringing people of color on the show and then furthering stereotypes? Is it just going to be us bitching in another year about this exact same thing? Like at what point is Bravo going to realize because maybe not enough people tune out because of that. Maybe not enough people shut their Bravo off because Mm -hmm. they're like, you know what? This just isn't enjoyable anymore. I understand that it's a part of the life that we're all leading where we are right now. And that this is a really hard conversation for everybody to be having because there is a massive level of discomfort that has to happen in order for progress and change to happen. Mm -hmm. But at what point does Bravo take responsibility and do something about it to the point where it actually feels like they are an ally the way that they have been saying in commercials and other shit for years right where does it end where does the viewership finally have enough outrage about this and their attention span isn't short enough to forget by the time the next season starts right that something is actually done it's almost a double-edged sword because I want to, you know, we have all these, I say all these things that Bravo should do, but -hmm. it's like, I almost don't know the answer. But what I will say is I wish they would either show up in every situation like this or show up in none of them. Mm -hmm. You fire Stassi and Kristen and Max and Mm -hmm. for what they said online. But Mm -hmm. then a few months later, you hear Andy say, I wish we hadn't have acted so hastily. Yes. Mm -hmm. And at first I was kind of taken aback because I'm like, wait a minute, but we say we want them to have the opportunity to learn and grow. So say on below deck, they say, okay, well, we're going to fire Heather and people say, well, she should have the opportunity to learn and grow. My question then becomes who's teaching them, Mm -hmm. the people they offended or the cast that you currently have that looks like them, because then that becomes Bravo saying, we don't expect you to teach them knowing that's exactly what's going to happen. And the audience not wanting to tune in for that. So I feel like they either need to step up in every situation, even if it was just the simple, we don't condone, blah, blah, blah. But to say nothing and to silence their cast in saying something, that also puts burden on a cast member that maybe want to speak up or maybe we ordinarily see speaking up or an ally to a community, but now we see you and you're not saying anything. So I feel like either make the statement for all or make the statement for none and stop doing these diversity casts for the audience because Bravo's done it too many times now not to know something is going to happen. Right. Right. Period. And it just seems like a lot of platitudes to be yes. honest with you. Yeah. Right. Platitudes that end up in people being traumatized when I was watching Raina I have been in that space where you almost feel like you're walking in quicksand because I have to finish this job but my heart is heavy and I see why she's talking to different people she doesn't have people that look just like her that could give her encouragement and say girl it happens you're gonna be okay I got you. This is what we're going to do to get through. You know, right. I've been through it. She doesn't have that. No, because Wes's experience isn't it's hers. Different. And right. Wes's experience, even if he grew up in the States, his experience would still be different because yes. Black women are viewed differently than Black men are. 
Yes. So, well, and this was the point that you made to us before we started recording, or you started to go into it. And I stopped you and said, save it for the podcast mm -hmm. about the aggressive black woman stereotype, right? You yes. started talking about that and I cut you off because I really wanted that to be a part of our conversation with all of this, because I think that too is really important because that's what we've seen for two seasons now. And right. you had a really good point or started to make a really good point about Lexi being different. Yes, there were certain things that you could see, of, of course, biases came into play, but then there were things that she popped off about and reacted to and was aggressive. And my thing is, I understand the whole aggressive Black woman and how why Raina didn't want to come across the way she did. We keep saying we want to have honest conversations. Then we have to be honest and call things a thing because I don't want anybody whitewashing anything for my feelings or saying you can't say those words to appease me. If somebody is aggressive, I can call you aggressive. It's a word. It's when it's used disproportionately to someone's actions. So if, to me, if somebody was to call Raina aggressive, I'd be like, well, wait a minute, where are we going here? But there were situations last season that had nothing to do with race that we know Lexi was going through a lot. We know she had lost a parent, but there were situations where she was aggressive. And for mm -hmm. me, I want to call a thing a thing. I can't sit here and say, we need to be fair. We need to educate people that don't look like us, but then get upset when someone is calling out an actual behavior we see and say, you can't say that because then how can you trust my word on other things? Because then I'm looking like I'm being biased. I'm going to support the women who look like me automatically. And I mm -hmm. think in supporting those women, we can also call out truths that we see. Right. So we, let's not like to tiptoe around the word aggressive. If Heather was aggressive, call her aggressive. If Chef Rachel was aggressive, we can say that word, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like sometimes we go too far in the other direction and mm -hmm. that doesn't help anything. And then it dilutes the argument when it really does happen. Right, right. Well, back to your question, Adrian. I'm generally not a pessimist. I'm a realist by nature. What I think Bravo is going to do in the future to address this is all going to be behind the scenes and they are going to bring you the most palatable people of color that you could ever find on the planet. I'm clapping right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I feel like they're going to do. It's going to go all in the Z vein. Mm -hmm. And that's sad because then that limits what a person of color can be in their personality. It almost goes back to, dare I say, minstrel, where yes. you've got the happy Black person that everybody loves. But I feel like that's where they're going to go, because I think they're out to make money. Mm -hmm. That's a corporation's goal. And Bravo is out to make money. And they do that with ratings. And if they keep having situations come up like this, people are going to stop watching. Yes. So what they're going to do, if they don't do like Taria said and resegregate their casts, they're going to make it. So you have the happy black minstrel making everybody laugh and love them. And if it goes back to that, it's going to be really sad and I'm going to have a hard time watching. So and and therein lies my innate question at what point does the viewership stop playing along right 
Mm-hmm. At what point do people just say, I fucking had it. I'm done with it. Well, and I've already done that on some, and it's mm-hmm. a different line for every person. I think yes. that it depends on what is acceptable in your world, what you're okay with on TV. There are some people who watch this stuff as unbelievable as it might be to <laughs> Taria and myself. <laughs> <laughs> There are people who watch this just to be entertained and they don't think a thing about it afterwards. Right. I don't think anybody that's in that group is going to give it up. I don't. As long as they're entertained, they're going to be fine. And then there are going to be people who are on our end of the spectrum of it who are like, this isn't cool because this is modeling this to our next generations Mm -hmm. and what they should expect to experience in their workplace and what's okay and that a company isn't even going to defend them if this happens so it depends on the individual who's watching it and what they're watching it for and everybody's got to make their own decisions right now I'm on the fence and I've Mm -hmm. dropped some franchises I've stuck with others that still entertain me and I go on a case-by-case basis. If Below Deck keeps doing this, podcast or not, if this is the theme that every time a Black female is going to get framed to look a certain way, I can't support that because I don't want my great nieces to say, well, 90 they did this to this person on the show and she looks just like me mm-hmm. and you thought it was funny and yeah I can't live like that so it depends where they go I guess and I think they don't realize that like rain or black I'm not asking for anything special we just want to be able to be ourselves so just like Heather can complain and just like other stews can scream and yell when they get upset like it doesn't like we're people And we all have these emotions. So it doesn't have to turn into something different because now this person of color is expressing those emotions. I watched Heather in this last episode and I had to make myself say, Taria, I had to remind myself to be unbiased because Mm -hmm. I had it. I didn't like Heather from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And what really, one of the things that really stuck out to me is when she was in a confessional in the beginning and said she went to school and was bullied because she was the only one with, yep, Mm -hmm. blonde hair and blue eyes. And Mm -hmm. I'm not discounting her experience. It was just something about the way she said it. And I was like, I don't think I like you. You know what? We need to go back and look at that confessional because we need to check the hair on that. You know how we were talking? Oh, yeah. We need to see if that was filmed after. Right. Oh, okay. Go ahead. That, I'm that sorry. Be, I, no, I'm no. Sorry that, I interrupted. No, because now you're going to make <laughs> me go back like when we're done and, and look at it because it, it just gave me a oomph. Like, you know, when you get feeling the, the intuition thing and you're like something mm-hmm. about her, I do not like. And mm-hmm. I started watching her and then I'm watching her say, Raina, I want to talk to you. And she says, can we not? Now we all talk about self-care, setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't respect the fact that Raina didn't want to talk to her then because she wanted to be able to absolve herself and let everybody know, like she let Chef Rachel know. Yeah, and we're good. So mm-hmm. she had to absolve herself as she had Audrina Patrick eyes and looked everywhere, but <laughs> at Raina. And then I watched her this episode and I'm looking... And Adrian, I know that there's things with editing. So I'm also trying to remind myself, but I'm like, are you really standing in Frazier's face 
telling him that he did the opposite of what you said when he was actually hustling while you put them cornrows in your hair? Are you really standing in his face? Are you really saying her theme, if you notice throughout was they make me feel bad when it makes me feel everything is about Heather feeling bad when the girl was braiding her hair, you know, just makes me feel bad that people come at me because I care about things. Everything is not about you and your feelings. So that's (laughs) almost as bad to me as like when Kate used to say to people, I'm sorry, you feel that way. Yes. Because that, no, you're not Mm -hmm. that to me, that's snarky. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, to me, that would put me on edge more than probably what you said. Right. Right. And it is so not that she cares so much that people can't stand her. That is like so far from the reality of the situation. My eyes rolled back in my head when she said that. I was like, you did not almost as much as they did when she said she can carry this team on her back. Like, oh my gosh, you're delusional. (laughs) yes hey guys sorry I gotta run I have an appointment sorry no 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 I I didn't want to interrupt because it's a very important conversation I mean you guys carry on as long as you need to I just gotta run okay bye bye my little fairy that's what I'm gonna start calling Adrian (laughs) 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 no I'm grateful for this thank you for everything I look forward to more of these unfortunately I think we're gonna have to keep circling back to this conversation but yeah I'm grateful to be able to have it in the first place. So thank Thank you. you. And I look forward to talking to both of you too on my. Okay. All right. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye. Something you said about Heather, Mm -hmm. when you said your eyes rolled in the back of your head, Mm -hmm. because when she said they're making me feel bad for caring. Mm -hmm. So you want us to think that those outfits just appeared? Because now I'm trying to think like editing, like, okay, well, so were they just there and they just knew somebody was going to dress up like. Mm-hmm. pirates I don't know they could have been but I just feel they like they were in some locker and I seriously think that this is the production this is all the preference you thing and Adrian has said in episodes past that a lot of this stuff gets organized ahead of time because if you're okay. in some place like St. Kitts you're not going to get Greek columns in right. four hours so okay A lot of the parties and things are planned through production based on the preference sheets and they come up with themes and ideas for these different things because the kid who came on and they ate sushi off the naked chick. Yes. That was not his idea. That was from production. And other guests have been saying this was production's idea to do this. This was, so there are things that they put in there themes to make it more visually interesting okay for the viewers so I think that that's kind of what happened in this situation is that they put on their preference sheet that they're huge Alexander Hamilton fans and so they had some kind of outfit ready already ready and now Heather saves the day because she okay yeah so and it's that kind of stuff it's that fourth wall stuff I don't mind that stuff Yes, because I don't necessarily think we need to see how the sausage is made all the time. And and we get it. We get that there's a show happening and they're putting on here. Where it crosses over for me is when they take credit for it and act like it's some major feat that they've pulled off that you know that they didn't have squat all to do with. Right. That's why she bugs me so bad. She just... 
I can't with her. And she's such a complainer. When the girl was saying how she's not used to her being this way, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. because she's used to people not making her uncomfortable, right. whether it be Raina or whether it be Frazier expressing his, you know, she's not used to that. That's why she was like floored that. by the Captain Lee thing. Yes. Did you? And even though, like Chef Rachel said, you she know, he tried not anti- to laugh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He blew her hair back when he, at first I thought he was joking and I was like, oh, he mm-hmm. is serious. He was. And he started to get heated. Yes. It was funny. And I do think Adrian and I talked about it on the recap podcast before we talked to you. I think he had a shift when she volunteered him for the Thornton's bow renewal mm. and he addressed it and said, I don't like that you did that. And she blew it off. That was strike one. Then per their timeline, he finds out what she said in front of Raina. That was strike two. And then she came into his space. The wheelhouse yes. is his space. And she brought all that stuff in there. That was strike three. And I think he's just done. Yeah. I think this is completely because he's starting to see the things he had been oblivious to before yes so mm-hmm. i think so too i'm hoping she doesn't come back i can't deal me neither when he the look on his face mm-hmm. and she was getting her hair braided and he walked in and she she said how's your day and he goes better than yours i was <laughs> like that didn't fit that because it's not like she was doing something that was hard mm-hmm. but he wanted to acknowledge Mm-hmm. I see you in here getting your hair done. like you know like I felt right. like oh I know what that was yeah I'm glad the season's wrapping up because honest I'm tired <laughs> you me too I'm weary I'm weary me of too. talking about it I'm weary of breaking it down I don't really think a ton went on in the things that I would have loved to have seen be addressed weren't right and yeah that's just hard to deal with. I know we're finishing. I just have one last question that oh, I wanted sure. to ask you. Mm-hmm. Did you think when Raina was on the deck and Heather came in, Heather said, good morning. We don't hear Raina say anything back, but then Heather says, how did you sleep? Mm-hmm. And she says, good. And I'm like, did she not hear her? And, but it made it look like she did because I just don't get if she didn't say good morning, why she would choose to answer the second question? Because then that's when I have to take a step back when it's messing with my mind and my mm-hmm. like first instincts. I'm like, wait, okay. So was that editing? Was Raina not saying anything back? But then why did she, it was, it was just really my gut instinct on that is Raina while she's not camera aware it being camera aware for Raina doesn't mean behaving differently from mm. who Raina is off camera. Okay. But she's representation aware. Got you. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. So when Heather said, good morning, Raina's like, I'm just going to go about my business. Pretend right. like, I, cause I don't want to acknowledge her. Then Heather goes on to a second question. Raina knows that that will make her look bad Got if you. she sits there and completely cold shoulders her. So to get this chick off my back, good. How about you? You know? Okay. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. She's a, I know I've done she's that a thinker okay. and I feel like she came into this wanting to represent in the best way that she could. Yeah. And got stuck in just a maelstrom that made it hard. And like you said, without having a female that look like her, that can say, I feel you, I've been through this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, because if you look on social media, there are hundreds 
of people who have said that and say, I feel I've been there when we were talking to Stephanie, she Mm -hmm. had had the experience. You've had an experience without having that there. It's really hard to decompress. Yes. Yes. And so the pressure cooker stayed on her the whole time, but she had a goal and I think she did a good job of achieving the goal. I think finding the deck Sue position with Rachel was a godsend for her. Yes. And gave her a way to get through it. And I'm glad that she did. I was going to say, I love how she loves Rachel. Even mm-hmm. when she said, if she wanted to cuss me out, I'd be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just love how she loves her. Yeah. And I don't think it's about how you talk to her necessarily. Like, I don't think she would mind if you swore at her. I don't think, right. I think it's a respect level and Rachel respects her intelligence She respects her abilities. And when you got that kind of trust and comfort, then the rest of the stuff becomes extraneous. But when you feel like you don't even have that, which is the minimum, and then you throw taking you out of your name on there, then you got a problem. Yeah. And I also feel like Rachel is authentic to who she is, whether it's up, down, sideways, mad, Rachel's going to express it and then move on. And Mm -hmm. Rachel doesn't say again, the whole, it makes me feel bad when she just lets her emotions out and keeps going. And I think Raina respects her for that too. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to like chef Rachel because I had missed like some of the season Mm -hmm. last year. And then you hit like the whole thing when at the family barbecue thing or whatever last year. And I Uh was like, I really like chef Rachel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't got to the point where I can say out loud. I like her yet. (laughs) And I know that Stephanie hates that about me, but (laughs) because she (laughs) loves her, I think she is fantastic at her job. Yes. I need one more season because you know how, okay, let's give it a Camille. You got Camille season one. Okay. 180 out Camille season two and then Camille season nine. Yes. Season nine was real. Okay. So season one was volatile, Rachel. Okay. Season two is calm, great at her job, Rachel, with zero drinking whatsoever. Okay. I want to see what the junior season says. Okay. And then I'll know where she's at. That's a good way to look at it. That's okay. I'm going to adopt that theory because I've heard people say that about housewives. Every housewife should at least get two seasons. Just, Mm -hmm. I mean- ordinarily you know just right so that's okay I think that's good that's a good all right so she comes back right next year then we'll see if that's really I don't see how she can't come back right we were talking about that about who we thought would come back and my gut is Fraser and Rachel yeah I'm not sure about Eddie because of postseason stuff he seems a little disgruntled yeah and did you believe his apology and I promise this is the last thing but did you believe him in the confessional. And then when he was talking to Raina, that one was where I was like, I don't want to automatically assume that he's doing it for show, but I can't help but lean towards him being aware because he's been on the show. Right. I think it ate at him. I think, and I will be frank and speak on behalf of, like I said before, the melanin list. Okay. (laughs) The worst thing Okay, growing up, there was always this thing about how there were so many words 
that could be used from white people to black people that would cut them to the core. Yes. But mm-hmm. that y'all didn't have anything that could cut us. Mm-hmm. That, yes. You got cracker, you got <laughs> ghost, you got all this kind of <laughs> things that just didn't get to anybody. But the word that finally got to yes. white people is racist. And no one wants to be seen as racist. So when we get lumped in and we think Mm. that people might think this of us. Okay. That wigs us the heck out. Okay. And I think that's what you saw there is because he was being told by a black woman that he wasn't an ally, that he wasn't a supporter, where in his head, he thinks that he's everybody's friend. And he thinks he doesn't do that. But when somebody of color says, yeah, you did. And you didn't even know you did. That's kind of scary because then that brings on a whole bunch of self-analysis that you definitely, it's hard enough to do in real life. Right. Think about it on camera. Right. Yep. He's having to think like 800 different ways. Holy crap. How is production going to edit this? How is this going to look? What did she say in her confessionals? Right. How am I coming out of this? So authentic, I can't say that it's inauthentic. I think it's sincere, but I think the, the underlying fear of him being so overly effusive about it. I think if that happened in real life without cameras, he would have apologized, but it would have been basic. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. Okay. I didn't mean for that to happen. I'm sorry you felt that way. Hopefully there isn't a next time, but if there is, hopefully I do better. And it would have been very basic, but because he doesn't know all of the other variables, he's going to make it. So there is no way that editing can interpret it any differently than that he is profusely apologetic and he is anything but a racist. Okay. That makes sense. I'm glad you explained that. Cause it's so it's like the emotion is real right. there, but, and there's layers behind that. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I feel with Eddie. Okay. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. I'm anxious to see at the reunion when they Me kind too. of get the gag taken off a little bit. I want to see who stays under the gag order and who Ooh. says screw it. That might tell us more than what they actually say right that's a good one yeah and thank again thank you for that perspective on mm-hmm. eddie because see th- that's one that i hadn't considered mm-hmm. i wouldn't have even thought of that so i appreciate that yeah that makes a lot of sense i can't wait for this reunion and i hope you think it's going to be in person i honestly don't know i would think so didn't they just do vanderpump rules was in person right yeah like some were and then it looked like some were well lala's not but you know she's hiding yes Um. i was just gonna say oh (laughs) that's right yes she is she is hiding so she can pull a nini and turn the screen (laughs) after blaming them for not telling her that you knew things about him it's like no that's not how this works yeah yeah exactly but do you think they've already maybe filmed because if the season finale oh, is yeah. next week okay i would think that it's already filmed i didn't okay. hear any rumblings usually we get a little bit of something yes not somebody yeah no nothing this wow. time we'll have to see what happens and see how it breaks down i think it just depends on how far they want to get into it yeah and how, how far they're willing yeah 
I mean, they've got to address it somewhat. Yeah. But I have a feeling it's going to be not too different from the conversation with Eddie and Lee in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Unless Raina just says, no, I'm going to say this, which somebody's going to have to do that, I think. Yeah. And just say, I'm saying it, period. Exactly. Yeah. But we'll see. I appreciate so much you coming on here and talking with us about it. I can't wait to come on your show. I can't wait either. I feel like I'm a downgrade. (laughs) No. To your normal guest. No, you are not. I'm excited though. All right. Well, thank you again. Get that scheduled as soon as Adrian is back on land. She's getting ready to leave again. Thank you everyone for listening. Do us a favor if you could and rate and review us on Apple. That helps us out a lot. And we will catch you next week. It will be myself and Roy because Adrian will be in the Bahamas. But catch us next week for the season finale recap. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye, guys. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties.